Discovery, go at throttle up. Welcome to Big E Sees Truth. As always, I am your host, Big E C. I'm going to waste no time. Here we go. To read the statements from President Biden, Secretary Blinken, General Austin, and leaders of both parties, you'd hardly know Palestinians existed at all. Many members of Congress have instead fallen back on a blanketed statement defending Israel's airstrikes against civilians under the guise of self-defense. The president and many other figures this week stated that Israel has a right to self-defense. But do Palestinians have a right to survive? And, and, and but Palestinians don't have the right to survive. That is, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez... I like to say it like that because she she's uh, she says it's uh, you know disgusting if you call her AOC. She doesn't like it. It's sexist. It's misogynistic. It's white privilege if you call her AOC, even though she's referred to herself that way. So that was some members of the squad on their anti-Israel uh, remarks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have elected our enemies. We have elected our enemies, and they are in the form of the Democratic Socialists, the wing of the squad, and then some, because Bernie Sanders has jumped on that bus too. I, I, we have elected officials that are our enemies. They're anti-Semitic enemies of this United States. Now, I could spend hours talking about the history of the Gaza Strip, the Palestinians, Hamas, and Israel. I could spend a long time talking about those things. It's something um, that I've spent a long time in my life studying, and it's something that I know quite a bit about. Not to be braggadocious in any way, the reason I, I mention that is because it's very important that we know what's going on in the Middle East. And it's very important that the United States support our allies in these times of conflict. That's the political side of it. So I am happy to announce, and, and, and for those of you that haven't seen or heard yet, I am happy to announce that about an hour ago, uh, Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, did issue a ceasefire. And so the conflict is starting to cool. But that doesn't change the fact that the United States lost their minds on Israel. Completely lost their minds on our strongest ally. It, th this is wild. We're going to get into it. We're gonna, I'm going to play some clips and, and we're going to talk a little bit about some things. So I, I want you to keep that in the back of your head. The, the United States lost their minds over Israel defending themselves. 
Here's a few more. Senator Scott's resolution says a lot about Hamas terrorists in Gaza. And let us be clear, Hamas is a terrorist organization. It is a corrupt organization, and it is a repressive organization. <clears throat> but here is the irony. It is resolutions like Senator Scott's that help Hamas. Hamas would be overjoyed if Senator Scott's resolution were to pass. Now, why is that? Let us understand that one of Hamas's goals is to show Palestinians that they represent the real resistance to the occupation. Senator Scott's resolution would help them do just that by making this all about Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. Senator Scott is effectively echoing Hamas's own argument that Hamas is the true face of Palestinians' struggle. Are you, you're hearing these people. You're hearing them live and telling us that, that all of these things are, are bad, that Israel is bad, they're bad because the Palestinians, they're killing Palestinians. So here's, here's, I love that phrase. I've always said, here's the deal. The deal is that every time Israel conducts a strike, they put out a warning and say, hey, we're going to strike here at this time. Civilians get out. But what Hamas does, and, and to a degree what some of the Palestinian people are doing, is they are putting rocket launchers, weapons, inside of mosques, inside of schools, inside of areas where civilians are. And then those become targets of Israel. So it's, it is a, a really a lose for Israel, but they have to defend themselves. They were fired upon. They were fired upon. Missiles came raining down. They retaliated. I'll ask you this, listeners. If a bomb were to hit the United States, if a missile were to hit the United States, what do you think the reaction would be? Do you think we would just go, everybody needs to calm down, we all have the right to exist, or do you think that we would turn whoever fired that rocket on us into a pile of rubble, level it, and put up a Walmart? I think that we would do the latter, even if Joe Biden is president. I still think that that would be the response. But here's the thing. The relationship with Israel is, is bigger than what these crazy people would have you focus on. And here, here's the deal. I'm going to give you a couple of, of points. Israel has successfully prevented victories by radical nationalist movements in Lebanon and Jordan, as well as in Palestine. Israel has kept Syria for many years an ally of the Soviet Union in check, total check. They've kept them in check. Israel has allowed us battlefield testing for American arms against the Soviet weapons, so it's provided us a testing environment so that we can combat our enemies. 
Israel has lended us their intelligence service, and they have assisted us, the United States, in intelligence ga gathering and covert operations. Another thing is that Israel has missiles, with our help, they have miss missiles capable of reaching as far as the Soviet Union. It possesses a nuclear arsenal of hundreds of weapons, and it has cooperated with the United States military industrial complex with research and development for new jet fighters and anti-missile defense systems. If you ever get a chance, take a look at the Israeli Iron Dome. That thing is rocking. That last point is really important because if we get into a conflict with the Soviet Union, okay, if we get into a conflict with Russia, they have missile capability to hit them. That is an ally, ladies and gentlemen. We do not want to make an enemy or put them on the back burner by any means. We need to support our allies, just as I listed the list of support that Israel has provided to us. Palestinian people have been killed. Israeli people have been killed because of Hamas terrorism, because of the terrorist organization there in the Gaza Strip. Now, again, I mentioned it, breaking news. Moments ago, a ceasefire has been issued by Benjamin Netanyahu, and, and so we will see this quiet down. But I don't know that we're going to see the craziness of the United States quiet down. Because we've all of a sudden gone from methodical thinking to and then to reacting to straight knee-jerk reactions. So in Los Angeles, the crime capital of the world, or, or I guess New York, New York and Los Angeles are really neck and neck there, getting that first place trophy. Uh, there was an attack on a group of men at a restaurant in Beverly Grove. Of course, that's being investigated by police, but here's what happened. The victims were confronted shortly before 10 p.m. Tuesday outside of Sushifumi in the 300 block of North La Cienega Boulevard. Police said that one minor injury was reported, no one was arrested, and Mayor Eric Garcetti characterized as an organized anti-Semitic attack. Well, that is big and bold for Mayor Garcetti because it is an anti-Semitic attack. These people were waving pro-Palestinian, they were waving Palestinian flags, and, and then they accosted a group of Jewish people. This is what's happening. The, the squad and Bernie Sanders are creating this because they, now they didn't say go out and create violence, right, but they're making it sound as if the Palestinians have are just this innocent group of people and they have nothing to do with what's going on even though they've, they've aided and abetted Hamas terrorists for a long time. So, what's going on? It's crazy that we would even witness something like this. This is an anti-Semitic movement on the march. Again, our elected officials are anti-Semitic enemies of the United States. And you can go back. You, you can go back to when the squad started to form. They got elected one by one. You can go back to their comments while they were elected to today and previously to elected. What they were saying about Israel and the Jewish people. These are anti-Semitic people living in the United States. Not only living, they are elected to Congress. 
This is wild, wild stuff. And it's getting worse. Because now you've got the Black Lives Matter movement. They are now pro-Palestinian, and they will always be pro-Palestinian. They are anti-Israel. Anti-support of Israel. Now, for a long time, uh, the Jewish community voted Democratic. They voted Democratic for a long, long time. I suspect we're going to start to see that swing a little bit. I suspect we're going to start to see the Jewish community come out for the conservative movements based off of this, based off of the elected officials' responses. This is disgusting. This is, this is a shame that our, our elected congressmen and women will come out and say things like that. A senator, a sitting senator, Bernie Sanders, will come out and say something like what I played for you. And that, that thing that I played from Bernie Sanders is it actually is a 16-minute, his, his floor speech as a, uh, to propose a resolution for a ceasefire. It is very fiery, very anti-Israel. He does, to his credit, call Hamas a terrorist organization, so let me be clear there. But it's as if we're trying to protect this terrorist organization for some reason. Again, this is really, really wild. And, and we've got in Los Angeles and in New York thousands of people that were protesting. They were pro-Palestinian. They were, they were, they were anti-Israel. So that was the other thing, right, is they couldn't just march and be pro-Palestinian. They had to march on hate speech. They had to march against Israel. They were marching against in violence and with hate in their bellies and spewing from their mouths against Israel. I'm going to play you something, and we're not too far off. So let's take a listen to this. So Hitler promised jobs, jobs, jobs to everybody. Um, and of course, people needed jobs. That was exactly that what they wanted to hear. Hitler promised the people everything, everything they wanted. He promised them a bright future. He promised them work. He promised them Lebensraum, living space. He repeated a lie endlessly, and he didn't make it a small lie. He made it a big lie, and he kept hammering it into their heads. He also dumped it down as much as possible. His simplistic promises were made to order for his political base. Fascism? is perceived as a strong movement with simple answers for complicated problems. Giving simple answers and simple solutions, that's exactly what people wanted to hear because that gave them the hope that it will change soon, not in 10 years, but now. He blamed Germany's problems on scapegoats like Jews and communists. So that is an excerpt from Rick Steves' um, the story of fascism in Europe. And there's several pieces of that that you can follow on YouTube, but that is a clip from, from that. Sound familiar? <laughs> Sounds awful familiar to me, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, again, I played that with hesitancy going into this podcast today, but I, I felt like it had to be played. 
And, and the reason is that this is where we are heading. We are, again, I mentioned this, we are not heading toward the cliff. We are, we are off the cliff. We've got to figure out how to land at this point. And, and that brings me into my next um, piece of this. As we, as we continue to see that white man is bad and, and we are oppressive and that we are a nation founded with systemic racism, and as this all continues to fold out, as, as schools start to teach critical race theory, as all of this starts to roll out, the question has to be asked, how long is this going to last? <laughs> I mean, how long are we really going to continue to last as a civilization here in the United States? And when you look at history, it's very, very difficult to make the case that a civilization lasts a whole lot longer than, than two or three hundred years. Um, and there, there are many reasons why that, that is. And, and there's many reasons why we're going to have a hard time uh, making it all, all into, into the future of the future of the future. And what I mean by that is there's a, uh, a gentleman named Dr. Alexander Tyler, and, and he is a uh, professor, uh, and he has written uh, a lot of different things on civilizations, but one of the things that he's written on is uh, a, a civilization cycle. And this is something that's been taught in colleges in the past. I, I don't know if it's taught anymore, but he has written something on it on what's called a civilization cycle, and there are eight stages in a civilization cycle. And I'm going to walk you through those eight stages. So stage one is that people go from bondage to spirituality. So they go from being oppressed, repressed, they go from that, and they go to spirituality, they go to the spiritual side, to religion, to God. Or, or their, you know, and this is again civilizations. This is not just the United States. This is all other civilizations taken into account as well. So that's stage one. Stage two is you go from spiritual faith to great courage. So, using the United States as an example, right? We left, the settlers left England. They left England. They formed the colonies here in the United States. They left because of their religious oppression that they were, they were getting there. They came here based on spiritual faith. Then that led to great courage as they started to see that they weren't liking what the king was doing. They decided, oh, wait a minute. We're going to get a little more bold in what we say to the king and what we write back to him and how we respond to his new taxes and so on and so forth. Stage three is you go from courage to freedom and liberty. Well, we did that, right? We know that story. We know why that, that red, white, and blue waves, okay? Stage four is you go from liberty to abundance. So now you've created a great, big, 
free America. We're using America as an example. Again, this is translative to other civilizations as well, but I'm using America. So, so now you've got this great big society. You've got a lot of people. You've got a lot of technology that's been created, and you go back to the Industrial Revolution, and you go through all of these things. You've got an abundant society. Stage five is you go from abundance to complacency. You've gotten used to all of the abundance, all of the things that are available at your fingertips, the way that you get into a car and drive to the store, the way that you can order something instantaneously and get it the next day, the ability to walk outside, take a breath of fresh air and shout at your neighbor, hey, buddy, I hate your guts, or hey, buddy, I love you. We have those freedoms in abundance, right? Stage six, from complacency to apathy. So now you've gotten used to, you're complacent with all of the abundance, and now you've kind of gotten a little bit lazy, so to speak. Now you're feeling a little bit lazy as a society, as a civilization. Stage seven is from apathy to dependence. From apathy to dependence. So now you've gotten a little bit lazy and you're wanting somebody else to kind of provide and take care of and um, I'm going to be a little bit more dependent on somebody else or some other entity, the government, for example. And the final stage of, of the civilization cycle ends in stage eight, which is you go from dependence back to bondage, usually in the form of a dictatorship. Because you've gotten so dependent on the government or somebody taking care of you that now that's the only way. And they've created so many ways to get at you, so many paychecks, so many free rides, so many, look under your seat, you get a car, you get a car, you get a check, you get a check. They've, they create so much of that that there's really no other way but to go back to, we're just going to tell you what to do. If you want to keep being dependent, if you want the free ride, you, you're just going to have to do what we say, uh, what I say. So what, I, what I'd like you to do is go through those eight Go through those eight characteristics of a civilization. Go through that civilization cycle and, and write me. Go to BigECsTruth.net and write me where you think we're at and why. What stage do you think we are at? One through eight. What stage do you think we're at and why? And I'll run through those real quick again. Stage one, from bondage to spirituality. Stage two, from spiritual faith to great courage. Stage three, from courage to freedom and liberty. Stage four, from liberty to abundance. Stage five, from abundance to complacency. Stage six, from complacency to apathy. Stage seven, from apathy to dependence. And the final stage is stage eight, from dependence back to bondage in the form of dictatorship. So, Go on my website, write me. You can scroll down to the bottom of any page there and you can uh, contact the host. 
write me. Where do you think we're at, and why do you think we're in that stage? So the real question, ladies and gentlemen, the real question becomes, how do we get back to this? To stop inflation, we've got to put a ceiling on federal spending. We've got to crack down on waste, and we must lower our tax rates to encourage individual productivity. In California, where I was governor for eight years, we went from near bankruptcy to financial health. We gave the taxpayers billions of dollars in tax relief, and we met the needs of our people. If we're going to stop inflation, we must do it now, not with bigger government. It takes better government. That's what we owe ourselves and our children. That's why I'm running for president. Only one man has the proven experience we need. Ronald Reagan for president. Let's make America great again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. And your courage and goodness and love will forever guide us along the way. Together, we will make America strong again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. Ladies and gentlemen, go to BigECsTruth.net. BigECsTruth.net. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. Subscribe so that you stay up to date on current episodes. Please reach out to me, comment where do you think we are in our civilization cycle. I really want to hear from you. BigECsTruth.net Ladies and gentlemen, stay vigilant. Keep your head on the swivel. Because what you have today can be gone tomorrow. Thank you very much. Until next time.